Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here. This is the Neighborhood Watch on 365 Sports Network. Crystal Ball College Football is the channel. Thank you all for being here. Please subscribe to the channel on today's show. I preview Iowa State 2023 with Austin Keeney of Wide Right Natty Light. Here's the issue though. Iowa State is currently going through this really bad betting scandal. It's happening. So their roster every single day is kind of getting, you know, it's different pieces of it that we're hearing. Guys might be out and whatnot. So, um, you know, that will kind of have an effect on obviously the preview in their season. So you have to understand that when you all watch this, we were not up to date always on who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing. And uh, depending on when you watch this, that will still not be the case. So just know that we did the best we could, what we had at the time, knowing wise roster wise. And that does kind of affect the entire situation, our ability to handicap what might happen. But I want to thank Austin for coming on. Hope you all enjoy our preview of Iowa State. Big 12 team previews roll on here on the Neighborhood Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. Joining us today from Wide Right and Natty Light, it is Austin Keeney. Your first appearance, not your first appearance with me, but your first appearance here on the Neighborhood Watch. We're glad to have you. Uh, this is one of the weirdest previews that, I, that we're going to do because Iowa State season is going to be affected by a, and them in Iowa, sounds like too, in different sports. Uh, their seasons will be affected by the Iowa, you know, I guess gaming is not the right word, but uh, gambling commission investigating a lot of these players who are underage or players who are betting on games and, you know, in the NCAA. And it's, it's a mess, Austin. I mean, for folks who are, you know, I know a lot of folks who are big 12 fans are trying to keep up as much as possible, but really the, the you know, the conference realignment, that's kind of the main focus. This, this gambling thing is a mess. Also, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks Josh uh, for having me. It's, it's an honor to be on the new feed for the first time. So uh, I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Uh, man, what a quiet off season. It's been in Ames, you know, I don't, what are we going to talk about tonight? I've, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I'm really glad this conference realignment stuff is happening because it is something else to take the focus off of what's going on in Ames right now, which is yeah, obviously pretty crazy. So where are we for folks who don't know, just kind of catch them up, give them the, you know, you need to go two minutes. You can, but give, folks a situation 
that's facing not just you, you can mention Iowa as well too in this, but obviously, you know, we'll tie it back into Iowa State football. But what's happened, uh, how to happen, and I guess it's good too. The government system seem to be working. I guess. Well, funny how it, it only seems to be happening in the state of Iowa right now. I that's what I yes. don't understand. It's happening um, elsewhere. It is happening. Yes. The, <clears throat> I guess the basis of it is the gaming commission has been investigating student athletes at Iowa and Iowa State. Again, only those two schools. Why? I have no idea. Um, I guess this has been a months long thing. This, I think, first came out in like April or May. So we've known about it for a while. It's been a very slow process. I'm not sure why it's taking them so long to investigate. But so far, what we've found is that I don't remember the exact number of athletes. There were Iowa State athletes that have bet on Iowa State games. They bet on sports in the foot, like in the athletic facility, just things you're not supposed to do. Um, the, the reason it all came to a head this week is because Hunter Deckers, who started 12 games at quarterback for Iowa State last year, and is a name that it was kind of an open secret that, you know, we kind of expected this to happen. He's come out with, um, I guess, Story County, where Iowa State is, has launched a criminal complaint against him and a couple other uh, Iowa State athletes for, um, I, I guess, the way I would describe he had been betting in an account that wasn't under his name before he was 21 years old. So I guess that is the sort of the allegation. I know he's not the only one that is probably facing this exact same issue. We don't know other names that are going to come out. We don't know when it's going to come out. We have no idea how long the NCAA is going to come in and suspend these guys. So it's it's kind of hard to to know what we're going to see on the football field in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I asked you before, I said, should we wait on, on doing this just because, you know, we'll know. But the one thing I guess that I realize now, and I think the COVID year revealed it, because there's no injury reports in college football, which I actually think does change eventually. Uh, like coaches just, I mean, they lie their asses off or not even to say anything at all about like their roster situations a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause they can in, in college, in college sports. So, I mean, I, do you think it's one of those deals where we're not going to know until kickoff, you know, on game day, or do you think we're gonna have a pretty good idea? If they tell us at all, I don't know. Um, the NCAA, I guess I don't. And again, I don't know what sort of power the NCAA even has to come in and say, okay, you know, you bet on games a year ago, you're suspended for two games or, you know, right. what that's even going to look like. So there's also not a guarantee that we're going to know anything before the season starts. You know, we could have mm-hmm. guys that status is up in limbo, so they just don't play. And what we're going to get, it's funny enough, uh, football media day is tomorrow for Iowa State. Matt right. Campbell is going to speak, and he's probably going to say it's an ongoing investigation. That's all I can say about it. And the, everyone else is going to ask him the same question. He's not going to give us an answer because he doesn't have to, and he really can't. Yeah, so... You know, because I, I look at it now and I'm thinking about this team. Uh, and it's so funny because Athlon has the thing where they have the opposing coach from the conference say, you know, do a quote. And the first sentence is they have discipline, which I guess generally speaking is true. But in this situation feels like it's a very, uh, very, you know, funny thing to have there. This is this is weird. And I think this is happening in more places. And I say this as somebody, you know, who who um, who I'm very in the, the sports betting space. I wanted to be before I was 21 years old. You know, I was making side bets with friends. I, I ran the bracket pool at school, all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, kind of the harmless things like that. And I'm not trying to judge anybody's character. Let's talk about the team here for a team that went four and eight last year. They did have a do- dominant defense. Um, you know, Hunter Deckers was kind of the focus. And, uh, you know, I, I think Will Howard was a great comp because Hunter Deckers was this big, strong kid that we all thought had a really good opportunity 
And even though it was, it was really terrible at times last year, it was terrible at times for Will Howard and he got older and things slowed down for him. And I thought that was possible for Hunter Deckers. And honestly, I think to show you how good of a job Matt Campbell has done, you and I talked before we got on here, the freshman JJ Cole is there. Now we're not sure if he's going to play or not, but the fact that they've got somebody that highly touted behind, and they also got a guy in the NFL right now in Brock Purdy, like, you know, the, Things things don't feel great, but like Matt Campbell is still doing a very good job at Iowa State. The results I know the last couple of years have been disappointing, but from what he's built, like talent wise and and, and development wise, it still feels like things are like this program is in a much better spot than it was before he was here. Yeah, uh, funny enough, yeah, like we're in a decent spot right now, and this this gambling thing is going to get all the headlines, but in reality, it's a few guys that are caught up in something that they shouldn't have, and. Mm-hmm the Matt Campbell model has been yeah about discipline and about process. And last year was a real step back. It really was. Um, we had a quarterback that w- made way too many mistakes. We had an offensive scheme yeah. that wasn't very good. We had an offensive line that couldn't block. So what we were all hoping coming into this year is that we've got a new offensive line coach, a guy who has put guys into the NFL from Northern Iowa, you know, from an FCS program. We've got a new strength coach. He was at uh, Boise state before he came to Iowa state. We've got a new offensive coordinator, Nate Shieldhouse, who was on staff before. And everybody's like, this guy is an up and comer. This guy is going to be a future head coach. And so perfect guy to step in there and take the reins of the offense. We made changes that frankly needed to be made. So it's it, it kind of sucks that we have to deal with this stuff now a couple of weeks before the start of the season instead of coming in with like, all right, we got a clean slate. We've got a bunch of new coaches and quite frankly, Hunter Deckers, you know, I, I hope the best for him, but it is almost a relief to know that he's not going to be playing this year because we right. just wipe the slate clean, got a new quarterback. Right, because like as, as as much as he could get better, like you could not actually get a much worse result out of a quarterback. Like you know, I, yeah, he just he made year. way too many mistakes and yeah. fourteen picks, I think, is what it was. It, it was a lot, and a lot of them at just like really <laughs> bad times and really bad. Oh reads. my god. Um, so. The offense. Uh, yep. You mentioned um, Raka. Uh, I did not know this man existed. No disrespect to him. It's just there's a lot of teams in the Big 12, and I try to keep up with all of them. Rocco Becht. Yep. Uh, JJ Cole. That It's yep. going to be two guys who are classified as either redshirt freshmen or freshmen, it sounds like, right? And uh, Tanner Hughes, who I guarantee is not in the Athlon preview, is a Juco that came here about a month ago. And he'll probably do like some short yardage, uh, maybe just run the ball kind of stuff. So... Yeah, a lot of running the football this year, right? We're gonna pound the yeah, gyro. Brock, great, get right? ready, buddy. Get yeah. ready, get loose. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole lot of Brock and Sanders. It seems like, or uh, Cartavius Norton, who flashed a little Norton, bit yeah, last right. year. Yes, was injured. Uh, Arlen Harris is a guy who came in from Stanford, so like that's a Power Five back that transferred in. Um, yeah, I who knows. <laughs> um, and they they bring back seven starters. I mean, if you take out if you take out uh, Deckers, they bring and then like once again, just because you return starting lineups doesn't mean they get better. This also applies to the offensive line too. But they do return seven guys if you take out Deckers. So like that is a pretty substantial group. Yeah, there are guys who have played before, which is probably about all you can ask for. It's their first year in a new strength program. It's their first year with a new offensive line coach. So at least it's guys who have been on the field before and have an idea of you know, the physical nature of division one college football. Uh, so the offense, 
they have some skill players. We know the problem is though they've lost Xavier Hutchinson. It was you know I mean, now what would you say in terms of yeah. Iowa State wide receivers? Like, is he the best of all time? Is he? He statistically is a top. I'd say he's a top three guy. Uh, you look at Alan Lazard, who just got a big NFL contract. Right. Hakeem Butler, who balled out in the right. XFL, and now he's back in the NFL. He's probably the most naturally talented guy we had. And then there's Xavier Hutchinson. So one of the, I guess, on the Mount Rushmore of Iowa State receivers, he's probably on it. Yeah. Um, so you've got Jalen Noll back, yep. Dimitri Stanley back, mm-hmm. Brock back. I mean, it, it does seem like for them that – they're going to have a group of guys that whoever's playing quarterback can lean on a little bit. To me, the big question is the offensive line, right? They, they got to perform better than they did last year because um, you need to protect a young quarterback. We saw what happens last year. And I mean, if you've got a kid back there, it's just, it really is, you know, it looks like, like Will Howard being an example again, right? Will Howard was a kid before he now looks kind of like a grown ass man playing quarterback. You get a kid back there can be difficult. And in having some, having good blocking is, it's it's not half the battle. It's like 80 or 90% to, to get a quarterback to where they need to be in terms of development. Yeah. So, like I said, Ryan Clanton is the name of the offensive line coach. You look at a mm-hmm. picture of him, he looks like an offensive line coach. He, uh, I believe his pedigree, he worked for Chip Kelly at Oregon. He played in the NFL. He'd been the offensive line coach at Northern Iowa in the FCS. Really successful there. Coached a couple of NFL draft picks. So, great guy to bring in. He had a great reputation. Um He's got a few guys to work with who have been around. I I worry about potential depth because offensive linemen, you, you're just not going to start every offensive lineman for every game. But that's where hopefully you lean on the uh, the new strength coach. And he's got these guys beefed up a little bit. All right, so let's talk defense because I feel like offense, it's going to be a crapshoot. And it's it, just predicting what's going to happen is it's going to be a ch- it's just a challenge. Right. And we, we really don't know and defense some too, but I mean, we know how good John Hickok is last year. I know they lose Will McDonald. That's going to be really, really tough, but he was not the only good part of the defense. Um, this, this was a unit that was special in my opinion, because like being good is one thing being good while overcoming a horrific offense is a completely other deal. I always yeah. say offensive lines, the most important position because if offensive lines are bad, it's, it makes your quarterback more inj- uh, more mistake prone. It also, more often than not, is going to make the defense in the field more. And also, the other team's going to have the ball in some more advantageous spots. All of those things were true last year. All of those 100%. things were true. And the defense was still uh, – what was, you, you'll know the stat better than me. I referenced, referenced it a bunch. But was it like for the, through their first 10 games, if they'd scored 20 points, it would have been like 7-3 or 8-2 and two or something ridiculous like that. I actually don't know that stat specifically. But what I can tell you just from – being at the games if the defense i mean you if you got like 14 points out of the offense you felt like you had a chance to win the game and right unfortunately that just didn't happen very often so i mean even when the defense would like make a mistake they would still make up for it by forcing a turnover later it was unbelievable how good they were will mcdonald was a first round draft pick first one iowa state's had in 50 years he didn't even have a great year last year statistically by his standard so I think yeah. John Heacock and the scheme is what it's all about. This year is going to be a real challenge because we are losing a bunch of guys off of the defense. We got guys who have been in the program but haven't like stepped into that starring role yet. So mm-hmm. that's going to be really interesting to see. I, But again, it's, it's really great to have that coordinator and that scheme that has worked so well for so long that you can kind of 
bank on being a, I think easily a top half in the conference on defense. So, and I'm, I'm looking at these, these game scores last year to kind of back this up here. They allowed 10, 10, uh, excuse me, 10, 7, 10, 31 against Baylor, but I forget if there's any offensive shenanigans for them in that game. Uh, 14, 10, 24, 27, uh, 14, uh, 20, 14. And then the TCU game was sideways, but like, I, I don't put that one. They, that's a tough game to show up for. I'm not going to lie. That's a tough one to that's show the up thing. for. That's the thing. You know, so I, everyone wants to talk about how bad we were last year. We were like a coin flip away from being like seven and five. So. They, they lost. I'm counting it right now. They lost one, two, three, four, five, six, one score games. Disgusting. We're in we Nebraska. And if, they had average Nebraska. Play, if they had average quarterback play, they flip half those. Like, the, and because I can't express this enough, there were some throws last year where you're like, oh my God, how did Hunter Deckers get a scholarship? That and just like inexplicable drops by wide receivers at the worst time. The Xavier Hutchinson drop was one of the was one of Again, the weirdest plays the entire Big Twelve season last year. I know, I know. Trust me, I know. I watched it all happen. That guy is. I mean, he's he's about as money as like I actually think you know because I don't remember drops ever being a problem for him. No, nope, you know, just the it, the one time he was wide open against Texas with like two minutes left. And if, if you go back and watch the rest of that game. Like he made two awesome catches on that drive to get us into field goal range, and then Hunter Decker's fumbled the ball and we lost. That was game was unbelievably strange. Um, but for the defense, so here's here's things I like when your secondary is good. I, I like yeah. having veteran secondaries. Yes, they are all good to go in the secondary. They bring back uh, Vaughn or these weeks linebackers. They bring out Purchase, Tampa, Frailer, and Cooper, all coming back for them in the secondary. That's yep. really good news. We have an awesome secondary. Pass Absolutely. rush, how do we feel? Gonna be tough. Uh, we just—that's uh, where you get like inexperience. You know, um, we don't have a—we don't have a Will McDonald coming back. So it could be any number of guys that step up and get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, I just kind of try and look at who we've got. You know, uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. Tyler on on Yedem. Um, Isaiah Lee is a guy that's coming back, kind of plays more in the middle. Dominique Orange is another guy who's played last year, ability to make an impact up the middle. Um, beyond Will McDonald, MJ Anderson was another guy we had last year that had a bunch mm-hmm. of sacks that moved on to the NFL. So it's the way of the world in college football. Your roster is not the same from one year to the next. Again, schematically, I think we're going to be okay. We play those three down linemen. We don't really put a huge emphasis on bringing a lot of extra pressure and blitzing. So it's if we have guys that can make – you know, beat one-on-one matchups and get to the quarterback. Great. If not, we're going to try and keep everything in front of us because that's the way the scheme works. Well, it also helps the veteran secondary, right? I mean, you, you feel like, hey, maybe you know, we we, we can be a little bit more risky. Yeah, we can take. Yeah, more you can be more risky if you want to, or yeah, you know, I think that gives you some more options. And look, that's the, like the, I think the TCU game you know, against Michigan last year is a really good example. When you're on a three-three-five, you, you got to you can get really creative with the ways that you bring pressure. And I think I think this this is a let John Hickok cook, right? Like, all right, let's you know, we're gonna find out who's good. We're gonna put guys in different spots. We're gonna try to be creative as possible and see what works. And I think we all have a pretty high confidence level in him, you know, finding something that works. Now, I don't think it's gonna be as good as it was last year. Uh, you know, I think it's hard. But here's the thing: if the defense drops off like twenty percent and the offense goes up twenty percent, you're right back to where you were before. And, And 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 you know, I know that puts you at four and eight, but like. Once again, these are coin flip loss gains, so you're kind of in the same area code. I think I think that's kind of how Iowa State football is. It's designed to play close games. 
You know, yes. Matt Campbell's a, a win in the margins kind of guy. Last year, the team did not win in the margins, which is pretty disappointing. Uh, we're also terrible on special teams, and we have a special teams coach on staff now. And so, again, you hope you address those weaknesses, and then you lean on your strengths, which is John Heacock and your defense. So uh, if we end up where we are last year, you hope that one score luck. Uh, you know, it's so hard to replicate that year over year. That's why I'm not sure about TCU this year. They had a lot of things break their way. And I would say it had a lot of things not break their way. So, you yeah. know, water finds its level. We win two more games that, and we had six one score losses last year. If we turned two of those, we're a bowl team. Unbelievable. I, I, I have no recollection of the Kansas State 10 9 game. I, I oh, I actually, there. I do. That's one yeah. with the fumble. That was the one where there was the, wasn't there the weird fumble on the one yard line? Yeah, that was, uh, again, just the defense making a play. K-State had a breakaway. Uh, we forced a fumble and recovered it in the end zone. It was going to be like a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, that was a strange game. Deuce Vaughn had like 15 yards against our defense. Um, Lord. It was the week after we played Kansas and missed three field goals. That game was terrible, too. Oh, my yeah. God. I remember that, yeah. Come out, make a couple field goals against Kansas State, and then another Xavier Hutchinson drop on, I think, a fourth down that would have got us in field goal range. And we lost game 10-9. And K-State went on to win the Big 12. So, like, they love to chirp us. <laughs> Our worst team that we've had in, like, six years almost beat their best one and should have. Well, this is the this is the irony of all of this, is that, you know, because I'm looking at the schedule for this year, they went 4-8 and last year, and they got the monkey off their back. They beat Iowa, right? They, they end up beating Iowa. And it's funny because, I, you know, I mentioned, with like, just kind of giving an idea of how competitive the Big 12 is, right? If you told West Virginia fans last year that they would beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, they'd be like, wow, we probably had a pretty nice year. They did that last year, and they yeah. they didn't – West Virginia did not do anything just like – there was nothing they did well, right? There was – you're not like, oh, this team – this team hands the ball to C.J. McDonald well, but that was about all they all they did well. And, they, you know, that, that that's how competitive this league is, yeah. right? I mean, you know, Kansas, Kansas now – uh, this is the fun part. Kansas now has the best player in the field in basically every game they're playing if Jalen Daniels is out there, which is, is just the strange part of this. So when I look at the schedule, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not sure how you do it, Austin. I always say it, but I, I break things up usually in threes or fours now because I'm an adult in the working world. I, do, I go by months. So I okay. usually I just yeah. do the, the blocks of four now. I, three of the first four games are at home, and the road game is Ohio, right? Yep. So opportunity to start off pretty well, right? Northern Iowa, Iowa. At Ohio, Oklahoma State. My one concern is I don't know how good Northern Iowa is supposed to be, but my God, that has uh, that has UNI close game written all over it. We have traditionally had so much trouble with them, but we stole their offensive line coach. So you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the key. That Cyhawk game in week two, I, I think that's going to be a real pivot point for the season. It's going to tell us a lot about how things are going to go. Because if you look at the two programs in this state, obviously atrocious on offense a year ago. Iowa State went out and changed coordinators, offensive line coach, strength coach, and kept a lot of the same players. Iowa went out and bought a quarterback and bought a wide receiver and kept Brian Ferentz. So two different – Yeah, great decision on that. Two different methods of how you can try and do things in college football at this time. You you go out and you know pick up some free agents and try and fix your players, or you try and fix your scheme. So that's going to be a fascinating matchup to see what wins out there. Um, and then, so, so it's, it's you and I, Iowa at Ohio, Oklahoma state. So, I mean, I think two and two is possible there. I mean, if you, you want to go three and two one, and two to three and one, three uh, and one right? I, I, look, I'm not going to say time, last time Oklahoma not, state was in Jack Trice. 
You know, I'm not going to say four and is impossible. I'm not going to predict it myself. But if you tell me they go four and to start the year, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to ask me to pick Alan Bowman on, in a road conference game, I'm I'm not the most excited about that that kind of. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State. I think that's a team that could be really taking a step back this year. Uh, next four games, I don't love. I'm going to be honest. At OU, TCU, at Cincinnati, at Baylor. That's where it gets um, tough. Yeah, this is this is gonna that's gonna be really challenging. I mean, if, if I think I think they could go zero and four in that stretch. I think one and three is most likely. I think they're gonna go, but but zero and four is is out there. If you look at our schedule as a whole, it is brutal. Which is a great time to break in a freshman quarterback and have a coordinator in his first year and a bunch of new guys playing for the first time. So really tough schedule. I don't. I don't like that month of October. That's typically been Matt Campbell's time to shine, but that was when Brock Purdy was here. So, you know, Brocktober was a thing. I think Oklahoma is going to be really good. I think TCU is going to take a step back. I like that we get them at home. You might have Rocktober. You could have Rocktober this year. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, Rocktober. Rocktober. I like it. Boom. We'll put that um, on the T-shirt and, the last, and uh, we'll talk The last after. four games too? Oh, dude, I, I trademarked that. Uh, I'm all over it. Kansas at BYU, Texas at Kansas State. Kansas kind of like it because a revenge game, and Kansas really slowed down later in the year last year. Yep, home uh, game. You at BYU, win that one. don't like at BYU. Gonna be honest. Uh, Texas at home. Look, they played them close last year, so it's not it's not out of the realm possibility that could be a classic I, late season trap I game sneaky, for Texas. That's a sneaky. Things get weird in Ames. I need that game to be kicking off at like seven o'clock p.m. ESPN with plus, right? A little bit of that action. That that's just like got, you know five degrees outside, three feet of snow. It's literally the last time Texas is ever going to play a football game in like sub sixty degree temperatures. So we've got to bring it, and I I really trust the Jack Trice crowd is going to bring it because we freaking hate Texas around here. Like it's every I do, I'm working in Arkansas now. They hate Texas. Every school in the Big Twelve hates Texas. Texas, yeah. not well-liked, man. I'll tell you this. Uh, not well-liked. Joke they of a program, the, by the way. Joke of a program. Uh, they end the year. Well, I'm not, I'm not that far, but. Uh, I, I'll Armageddon. say it because I'm just an Iowa State blogger. Who, you know, tell me about the history of my program. I don't care. We beat them three of the last four times we played them. We got them at home this year in November, which is awesome. I hate Texas. I hope Texas just flames out spectacularly. I think Sark's getting fired this offseason. So I got so five and a half is what I have for the over under win total yep. for Iowa State. I cannot in good. I actually I think it's off the board now in most places, right? Think, yeah, not anymore. It's off the board. Yeah, it's not. So it'd be. Rough. I guess a good question though with all of this, like, I, here's the thing: I don't see a bowl game, and I actually don't know if that's a. I, I think it's going to be written off as like weird things happen at the end of the year. If they're still competitive again, and it looks like the quarterback situation is good, I think. He's like, you know, there's been some stuff like, are we sure Matt Campbell's still good? And I'm like, guys, it's Iowa. Like, we have to be honest. Here's the problem sometimes, and I think this happens not just in Big 12, but like, think about South Carolina. Like, if they went five and seven or six and six this year, people would be really upset, right? You know, it's, but it's like, look, what is South Carolina? They've had a lot of ups and downs. That's kind of how these things, how these things go. I think, you know, all the time these nice seasons happen for schools. Like, okay, we're here. That means the next thing is here. And like, yeah. it's not normally linear like that. You know, it's, it's, I, I feel like it's not really how uh, programs I, go. Iowa State's have way more downs than ups too, if you're using that right you know, that metaphor. So, you know, and so I feel like, you know, there are people, I'm not sure, like, what's the heat like? Because I've heard some people, I feel like 
questioning him way too much. Like once again, I, the 2021 season was a, was a not failure, but like they did not, they did not succeed enough. Um, well, they, they were the most together team ever though. You know, that's, yeah. that's what Matt Campbell they said. Did, the they won the together time. championship belt. Yes. They won the friendship cha- championship belt that year. But I, like, I haven't heard I, enough about how our best team won seven games when that exact same team won the Fiesta Bowl the year before. So I, I just like, am I supposed to be mad about mad at him last year after like it, it wasn't his fault they ended up four and eight. That had nothing to do with him. It felt like last season. It it does in the sense of it falls on the head coach when you do not win in the margins and when you're really bad at the little things like special teams, like kick coverage and you know kicking field goals and getting punts blocked and sure. Yeah. Those when you don't have a special teams coordinator on staff and your special teams are really bad, I think it's got to fall on the head coach a little bit. As far as Matt Campbell have any, like, is he on the hot seat? Is there any insecurity with his job? Absolutely not. 0%. If anyone is like seriously saying we need to fire Matt Campbell, they need to, you know, take a step back and yeah, you know, I'm just wondering if they go five tracks. and seven this year, like what's like, what's the conversation like? Cause I, I, I think that's pretty, that's a pretty reasonable record considering now it's happening to their quarterback situation. Yeah. I think it, and honestly, you know, you're judged by your wins and losses. I think this year is a lot more about what it looks like on the field versus did we win six games? Because just like we talked about, the schedule is brutally tough, but if the offense is better and we got a lot of young guys playing, you know, JJ Cole, which is, is good, which is good. Yeah. JJ Cole is theoretically the future of the program. So if he plays and he looks pretty good and we go five and seven, you got something to build towards next year. So there's, you know, moral victories, whatever. You don't want to say that, but I think it's a lot more about what it looks like versus maybe what the actual end result is. All right. I like it. I'm, you know, and here's the, I feel like I've been way too negative about them this off season. And so I, Look, this if you want to put Matt Campbell in a spot, this is like and I, yep. I hadn't even thought of this. I, I even said that before the betting stuff. This is really like backed into a corner, no, not back to a corner, but like, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, situationally, you know, if you're like, hey, if you're talking about success, it feels pretty far, you know, p- feels pretty unattainable. This is this is where Matt Campbell lives. The, the best stretch, the best stretch of football under Matt Campbell happened in 2017 when the quarterback left under mysterious circumstances in the beginning of the season we started a third string walk-on that no one had ever heard of his first career start we go on the road and beat number three oklahoma so you can't count on it but matt campbell has a little bit of a reputation of pulling surprises and getting results when it doesn't look like you should all right, Austin Keeney, Wide Right Natty Light. Where can the folks find you and all of your work in its variety? Yeah, you can find us at WideRightNattyLight.com. Uh, the Lightcast, the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast Network is uh, on Spotify. I think it's everywhere. Uh, I'm at Austin underscore Keeney on, I guess they call it X now and not Twitter. So no, call it Twitter. Call it Twitter. I, it's on. Twitter. It's Twitter. Don't X me. You know, tweet at me. I like that. Uh, Austin Keeney, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh.